Shalom to all. Today we're going to learn Masachas Ksubes, Perik Ches, Mishnah Ches, and Perik Tes, Mishnah Aleph. And today's Mishnah is being learned Beschos, Esterbas, Rachel, Shishi, Bezecher, Fein, Rezivah, Gagon, Bekarav, Mamesh. And we learned yesterday that when Yibum happens, namely after Ruvain dies, Shem and his brother, Maris' his wife, classic case of Yibum. So all the property, all the Nechassim, all the stuff that were brought into this marriage that used to belong to Ruvain now belong to Shemin. However, they're all Meshubed to be used to pay for her Ksuba. And Mishnah Ches continues with this. Lo the Yavam's not allowed to tell her, Harik here, your ksuba is on the table. Ella, rather, all the nechassim are there and responsible for ksuba. In other words, let's say $500 worth of nechassim were brought in from her original husband, Ruvain, and now her husband's brother, Shimon, has them. And they're all meshubah to the ksuba. But Shimon wants to be able to use them. He doesn't want them to be stuck and not fluid. So therefore, he thinks to himself, hey, I'm going to take $100, which is, let's say, the value of her ksuba, put it on the table, and tell my new wife, look, this is your ksuba. Should I ever need to pay it out? It's right here, so you don't have to be afraid. You're not going to lose it. And then I'll be able to take the other $400 and use it for whatever I want. The Mishnah says he's not allowed to do that. All the Nechassim are Meshubah to the Ksuba, and that's that. And Vachain, similarly, even with a regular marriage, a man's not allowed to tell his wife, Here, your Ksuba's on the table, and should I ever need to pay it out, don't worry, you have it here, we're going to put it in the safe. All of his Nechassim are Achrei for Ksuba, and therefore he's not allowed to sell them or get rid of them. He has to make sure that he keeps them because they're Meshubah to Ksuba. Now, going back to talk about a Yavam, Gersha, let's say the Yavam divorces his Yavama. Ain't la ksubasa, she only gets her ksuba, meaning he just has to pay her out her ksuba. Let's say it's that hundred dollars that we just said, and he gets to keep the other four hundred, and now he can do whatever he wants with them. Now let's say Hechzira, he remarried his Yavama after he divorced her. Harikalanashim, she's like all women, and she only gets her ksuba. Now what's this referring to? So we know that when a man marries a woman and he writes for her ksuba, and then he divorces her and then remarries her. So we just say that the ksuba of the second marriage is the same as the ksuba of the first marriage, meaning the first time they got married. And there's no need to write a new one, and nothing's different and nothing changed. And when it comes to Yavama, you might think it's a little bit more complicated because when Yibam happens, her ksuba is really taloi on her original husband's nechassim. And her new husband, her husband's brother, Shimon, he doesn't have to pay her ksuba out of his own pocket. He just uses Ruvain's nechassim. But you might think that once Shimon divorces and remarries her, now she's considered like Shimon's wife 100% and Shimon has to pay out her ksuba from his own money. And that's what the Mishnah is saying, that no, that when he remarries her, she's like all other women and her current ksuba is like her original one. And since her original one was based off of her original husband's nechassim, it's the same thing now as well. And on the practice test Mishnah Aleph, we continue talking about her nechassim alug. And as we've been learning up until now, a husband has the rights to the Paris of his wife's nechassim alug, and when she dies, he gets to yarshin her. But here we're going to be discussing a pretty nice fellow who decides to tell his wife, you know what, you can keep all your nechassim alug, and I'm not going to take any of the Paris, I'm not going to take anything. So it really depends what he says. Mishnah Aleph tells us, if a man writes for his wife, I don't have any dinu dvarim, I don't have anything to do with your nechassim. Even so, he could eat the pears of her nechassim when she's alive. If it if she dies, Yarsha, he yarshins her. So ask the Mishnah, in Cain, if that's so, in regards to what did he write this line of he's trying to say, you could keep all your nechassim, but we clearly see that he's still allowed to eat the pears and he's going to yarshin her. So Mishnah answers, it's only in regards to one particular thing. That if she sold these nechassim or if she gave them away, it's a 100% valid sale. And that's the only thing that's accomplished. Now let's say, he wrote for her, I don't have anything to do with your nechassim and their payrise. So in this situation, he's not allowed to eat the Paris in her lifetime because he stipulated very clearly that he doesn't have anything to do with the payrise. But if she dies, Yarsha is still going to yarshin her because he didn't say anything about her dying. Now Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda tells us that he would always be able to eat 
Peire Peirois, Achi Yichtovla, until he writes for her the following, Dinu Dvarm Eli ben Achsayach, I don't have anything to do with your Nechassim, Ube Peirosayan, and with their Peirois, Ube Peire Peirosayan, and with the Peire Peirois, Ad Oilam forever. Now, what exactly are Peirois, and what's Peire Peirois? So, Peirois are the pairs of a property. So, let's say she brought an apple orchard, the pairs would be the apples. The Peire Peirois would be if he took those apples, sold them, bought property with them, let's say an orange orchard, and then oranges grew, those would be the Peire Peirois. So, Behuda holds that if all the husband told his wife was, I don't have anything to do with your property and your pay rice. So then he's not allowed to eat the pears themselves. He's not allowed to eat the apples, but he's allowed to take the apples and sell them and buy an orange orchard and eat the oranges because that's pear pears and never said anything about pear pears. And therefore, the only way he's able to say that I'm not going to eat the pear pears is if he stipulates that very clearly. Now, the mission continues, cause of law, let's say he wrote for her, I don't have anything to do with your nechassim. with their pears. And with the pear pears. In your lifetime and even after you die. So then in this situation, he's not going to eat the pears while she's alive. Then Mason, if she dies, he's not going to yarshan her because he said very clearly, and in your death. However, Rabshim Gamliel, Rabshim Gamliel argues and says, in Mesa, if she dies, Yershana, he does yarshan her. Why is that? That's because he made a Tanai against what's written in the Torah. The Torah says that when a wife dies, a husband yarshans her. And anyone that tries to make a stipulation against what's written in the Torah, that Tanai is bottle. And therefore, even though he said very clearly, still he gets to yarshan her after she dies. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow with Mishnah Bezengim. We'll continue to talk about this. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.